0: Section nine of The Murder of Delicia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Angelique Campbell, May two thousand nineteen. The Murder of Delicia by Marie Corelli. Chapter seven. It is strange but nevertheless true despite all our modern-day efforts at the reasoning away of sentiment the conscience is still so very much alive in some of us that when a man of birth and good breeding has according to his own stock craze for indulgence and vicious amusements seen life by spending his time in low company he is frequently moved by a strong reaction so powerful as almost to create nausea and put him in a very bad and petulant humour this was the case with carleon when he returned to his home at about luncheon-time on the day delicia departed seawards he was not merely irritable but he took a fantastic pleasure in knowing himself to be irritable and in keeping his temper up to the required pitch of spleen he was really angry with himself but he managed to pretend that he was angry with delicia he had seen something in one of the papers about her which he judged as quite sufficient ground of offence to go upon though he knew it was an attempt to vilify her fair name which he as her husband should have instantly resented in his own mind he was perfectly cognizant that had he acted a manly part in the matter he should have taken his riding whip and with it dealt a smart cut across the face of the literary liar who had published the false rumor and yet though he was aware of this he had managed to work himself up into such a peculiar condition of self-pity that he could see nothing at all on his limited horizon but himself his own feelings and his own perfections and though he was partially and shamedly conscious of his own vices as well he found such a number of excuses for these that by the time he reached his own door he had by dint of many soothing modern doctrines and comfortable progressive moralist arguments almost decided that he taking men as they were was really an exceptional paragon and pattern of virtue i must really speak very seriously to delicia he said to himself a woman as well known as she is ought not to be seen at the empire and she has no business to receive actors at her at homes with these highly moral feelings at work within him he admitted himself to his own house or rather his wife's house with his latch-key and finding no one about walked straight upstairs into delicia's study the blinds were down the room was deserted and only the marble antinous stared at him with a cold smile descending to the hall again he summoned robson who instantly appearing handed him delicia's letter on a silver salver with elaborately polite ceremony what's this he asked impatiently is her ladyship out again she left her broad stairs this morning my lord replied robson demurely her maid went with her and she took spartan Carleon muttered something like an oath, and turning into the smoking room, opened and read his wife's letter. Growing hot and cold by turns he perused every calm convincing clearly written word and for a moment sat stunned and completely overwhelmed guilt shame and remorse fought for the mastery of his feelings and during the space of two or three minutes he thought he would at once follow delicia throw himself on her mercy declare everything and ask her forgiveness but what would be the use of that she might forgive but she would never forget and her blind adoration of him, her passionate love, her devout confidence. He had sense enough to realize that these bare feelings of tenderness and reverence in her for him were dead forever. Pulling at his handsome mustache fretfully, he surveyed his position and wondered whether it was likely that she would sue for divorce. And if so, would she get it? No, but she could not prove cruelty or desertion there was no cruelty in his having an affair with marina or a dozen marinas if he liked not in the eyes of the law there was not ever any cruelty legally speaking in his spending his wife's earnings on marina if his wife gave him money to do as he liked with to get a divorce legally delicia would have to prove not only infidelity but cruelty and desertion as well for two years and upwards oh just law made by men for themselves and their own convenience the cruelty which robs an innocent woman of love of confidence of happiness at one blow has no existence according to masculine justice she may have to endure wilful neglect and to be the witness of the open intimacy of her husband with other women but provided he does not beat her or otherwise physically ill-use her and continues to live with her in apparent union while all the while she shrinks from his touch and resents his companionship as an outrage she cannot be separated from him this carleon remembered with a commendable amount of self-congratulation she can't get rid of me that's one thing he reflected not that i suppose she would try it on damn that bond street jeweler for an ass why couldn't the fellow hold his confounded tongue of course it is a split between us but by jove a woman who writes books ought to know that a man must get some fun out of life we can't all be literary besides if there is to be a row i have got a very good cause of complaint on my side whereupon he snatched up a pen and wrote as follows dear delicia i regret that a woman of your culture and intelligence should not be able to understand the world and the ways of the world better men do not discuss such subjects as that alluded to in your letter least, said the soonest mended i enclose a cutting from honesty in which you will perceive that i possibly have more cause to complain of you than you of me Greater license is permitted to men than to women, as I imagined you knew, and your position with regard to the public should make you doubly careful. I hope you will enjoy your change of air. Yours, affectionately, Will. He read over the press cutting alluded to, which ran as follows. It has been frequently rumored that the real Sol of the Arnani who has been so long delighting the histrionic world is a well-known lady novelist who has been lifted into far more prominence than her literary capabilities would ever have given her by her marriage into the aristocracy with a certain gallant guards officer the donna in question has long been considered as chaste as ice as pure as snow but ice and snow are prone to melt in the heat of an ardent passion and the too evident ardour of the unani in this case has we hear, won him his calls with the result that the ears of the groundlings will shortly be tickled with a curious scandal after all muttered Corleone as he thrust this in an envelope it is much worse that she as a woman should be coupled with paul valdez than that i as a man should amuse myself with marina she is ridiculously inconsistent she ought to know that a man in this world does as he likes a woman does as she must the two things are totally different now i shall have to wait till she telegraphs her address before i can send this what an infernal nuisance he betook himself to his usual consolation a cigar and puffed away at it crossly wondering what he should do with himself he was sick of la marina for the time being there were no race-meetings on and he felt that to be thus left to his own resources was a truly unkind dispensation of providence he had a very limited brain capacity his one idea of life being to get amusement out of it somehow perpetual amusement is apt to tire but of this the votaries of so-called pleasure never think till they are flung back upon themselves exhausted carleon would have been in his right place had he been born as a noble of high rank in ancient pompeii going to the baths having his hair combed and his garments scented wearing fresh chaplets of flowers round his neck being fed on the rarest delicacies and drinking the costliest wines and dividing his affections between several of the prettiest dancing girls such an existence would have suited him perfectly and it is quite possible that when vesuvius blazed forth its convincing representation of the day of judgment he would have fronted his fate with the stern composition of the immortal roman soldier for it is precisely such pampered persons who are the best possible food for flame or powder and shot and who generally as though moved by some insensitive perception of the worthlessness of their lives to the world meet death with equanimity in the interim while her husband was preparing what he considered a parthian shot for her in the way of the press-cutting from the society scandal bill called honesty Alicia had by the merest chance bought the paper and read the paragraph on her way down the broadstairs she was a woman who never wasted time about anything and on arriving at her destination she enclosed the paper in an envelope to her lawyer's with a brief instruction appended insist on immediate retraction and apology if refused take proceedings this done she dismissed the matter from her mind with a quickness which would have been impossible to any woman who was not absolutely innocent of wrong-doing a clear conscience is never disturbed by outside slanders and a straightforward life is never thrust out of its clean onward course by a scandal-monger's sneer besides delicia's thoughts were too much occupied with her broken idols to dwell long on any other subject of contemplation all she desired for the moment was rest a space of silence in which to think calmly and to brace her spirit up to the necessary fortitude required for the realization of what she must expect to endure for the remainder of her life she took some quiet rooms facing the sea telegraphed her address to her husband and then prepared to settle down for a few days of serious meditation she began to consider her position with a logical steadiness worthy of any and all of her dear old pagans as she called socrates and the rest of his school and with a mingling of timidity and resolve tried the measure of her feminine strength as a warrior might try his weapon against the opposing evils which confronted her the greatest loss that can befall a woman had befallen her the loss of love her love had been deep and passionate but the object of that love had proved himself unworthy hence love was dead and would never revive again this was the first clause of the argument and it had to be mastered thoroughly next came the fact that notwithstanding the death of love she delicia was bound to the corpse of that perished passion bound by the marriage tie and also by the law which had generously provided that the husband may be guilty of infidelity to his wife every day and every hour of the day without her having any right to punish or to leave him unless he treats her with cruelty his unfaithfulness not being judged by this so admirable law as cruel by no means oh no not at all when it comes to blows face scratching and hair tearing then cruelty can be complained of but the slow breaking of a heart the torturing of delicate nerve fibres on the rack of mental and moral outrage the smile which is an insult the condescending tolerance which is an affront the conventional keeping up of appearances which is a daily lie all this has no touch of cruelty at all about it not in the very least therefore argued delicia with a fine disdain unless he ever takes it into his head to beat me or fire a pistol at me i have no cause of complaint against him and must not complain then must i play the hypocrite and pretend to worship him still no that i cannot do that i will not do perhaps he will agree to a separation she paused and her face darkened if i make it financially worth his while it was the evening of her arrival at broadstairs and she was walking along by the shore spartan pacing majestically beside her the afterglow of the sunken sun rested on the calm sea and little waves dimpling one over the other in long fine lines broke on the pebbly beach with a soft sound as of children's laughter everything was very peaceful and beautiful and by degrees her troubled mind became soothed and gently attuned to the symphonic vibrations of the eternal pulse of nature forever beating in answer to the voice of god some strong emotion in her own soul suddenly stirred and spoke as it were aloud in accents half reproachful half consoling what is it you have lost demanded the inward voice love but what do you understand by love the transitory gleam of light that falls upon a fleck of foam and passes or the eternal glory of a deepening day whose summer splendors shall not cease all that is of the earth must perish choose therefore that which is of heaven and for which you were destined when god kindled first within your woman's soul fires of aspiration and endeavor nature is unrolled before you like an open book humanity with all its sufferings needs and hopes is here for you to help and comfort self is a nothing in what you have to do your earthly good your earthly love your earthly hopes are as the idle wind in the countings of eternity sail by the compass of the spirit of god within you and haply out of darkness light shall come With dreamy half-tearful eyes she looked out upon the darkening sea the sense or a great solitude a vast loneliness encompassed her and almost an unconscious appeal she laid her small, delicate bare hand on Spartan's shaggy head, who received the caress with a worshipping reverence in his brown eyes. It is so hard, Spartan, she murmured, so hard for a woman to be quite alone in the world, to work on, solitary, wearing a bitter laurel crown that makes one's brow ache, to be deprived for no fault of one's own of all the kisses and endearments so freely bestowed on foolish selfish ungrateful and frequently unchaste women to be set apart in the cold courts of fame a white statue with frozen lips and eyes staring down the illimitable ways of death oh god is not an hour of love worth all this chill renown tears sprang to her eyes and blotted out the view of the darkening heavens and quiet sea she turned blindly to move onward, when Spartan suddenly sprang forward with a deep bark of pleasure, and a man's voice low and trembling with emotion said hastily, Lady Carleon, may I speak to you? I came after you from town. I thought I should find you here. And looking up amazed, she found herself face to face with Paul Valdez End of Chapter seven